You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. You would uh, turn in your Bibles with me tonight to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then we'll move down, and I'll just talk for a few minutes, and then we'll move down to verses 37 through 43. Yesterday evening, we got into the topic of dominion, dominion, and how you are designed for dominion. Tonight, we're going to just continue further into that subject, and we're going to talk about the order of dominion, the order of dominion. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. If you have it, say amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is where new birth dominion was born. This is where we see the delegation of authority be passed down through new birth from him to us, from him to us. Somebody say amen. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right here we see that new birth dominion coming into place, that release of authority, exousia, and dunamis, demonstration. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, as many as, many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Immediately after new birth, there is this line drawn to separate themselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls." And they continued, they continued. Here we go from we are born into dominion and we immediately see the beginning of exercising the dominion that they received. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you pray with me before we're seated? Jesus, we love you. 
We're so thankful to be gathered in your house again tonight. Lord, I just pray that as you did last night, Lord, that you would release even in greater measure, revelation in this house. Uh, Lord, just like the men that were walking down the road to Emmaus, uh, Lord, you opened their eyes to see you, Lord. When you were in front of them and they could not see you, you opened their eyes, Lord. You gave them revelation. Uh, Lord, I pray in that same way that you would bring revelation into this house tonight about the dominion that you have called us to while we are yet here on on this earth, God, and I pray that you would release apostolic demonstration and authority in this house and Lord, release demonstration uh, in this place tonight, Lord. We are still believing, still declaring, and still claiming, uh, Lord, that there will be mighty and notable miracles in this place. Give us a breakthrough in this service uh, in Jesus' name. We pray, amen, amen, amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated? Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Acts chapter 2 is where dominion is birthed into the church. His word says that the times and seasons are in his hands. He has given us dominion in many things, but he makes it clear in Acts 1 and 7 that times and seasons are reserved for him. We can have dominion at any time, but he controls the times and the seasons. We need to understand the pretext to dominion operating in our lives. The Lord began to talk to me about this today, this afternoon, to bring some clarity to some things that were, were declared behind this pulpit last night. And I want to help you with a few things. The Lord showed me some questions uh, that had arisen in some people's hearts when they left this place last night. There are sovereign moves of God regardless of what I do or don't do. There are divine moves of God regardless of what I do or don't do. The times and seasons are in his hands. God can use a carnal person with faith to pray for someone with cancer, and they can be healed the same as he can use someone with dominion. <laughs> when things like this happen, it's because God ordained it to be so. The sovereignty of God will cause someone we think doesn't deserve it to be healed and someone we think does deserve it to not be healed. I know this is challenging you, but how many times have you seen somebody pass on and you thought, why? Why? They brought so much. They offered so much to the kingdom. What you are having a collision course with is the sovereignty of God. Uh, I'm going to challenge you tonight. Uh, 
He holds the keys to life and death. Cancer never killed anybody. God decides when someone lives and when somebody passes on. He holds the keys to life and death. I know I'm challenging you tonight. Stay with me. The sovereignty of God will cause someone we think is not able or incapable to be used when he decides to use them. The sovereignty of God will answer the prayer of someone who lives the way we think they ought not to live and then not respond to someone that we believe is walking in dominion. You don't have to look any further than the example of John the Baptist, a man who gave it all, sacrificed it all. God gave him one of the highest accolades in his word uh, and said there has never been a prophet like him. Yet when he felt like he needed Jesus most, uh, he said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Uh, And he allowed John the Baptist to be beheaded and go on to his reward. What was happening there? Did John the Baptist not have dominion? No, of a surety he did have dominion. Uh, But he was on a collision course uh, with the sovereignty of God. Mm. See, dominion doesn't necessarily determine divine moves of the Holy Ghost or, as the Bible would say it, on a certain day, certain days that God has on his calendar to move in a sovereign way. There are certain days, there are certain times, there are certain seasons that God has on his calendar where it doesn't matter if any is with the program or not. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, God's going to move because he ordained it to be so at a time. Everyone will experience things like this regardless of how they choose to live. That's not what dominion is about. You'll experience the times and seasons of God regardless of how you live. Huh. That's not what dominion is defined as. Yes, God can do anything in spite of me, but dominion can move the hand of God because of me. All you got to do is ask Noah, ask Abraham, ask Paul and Silas, ask Peter. There were times that God moved because the man of God had established dominion and he asked God to move, so God Move. There were times where God had a plan and changed the plan because a man with dominion said, God, have you thought of this? Would you consider doing it this way? Would you spare the city? Would you have mercy on the people? There were
were times uh, where men of God uh, with dominion uh, said, God, uh, would you allow me to stand in the gap? Uh, I know the people haven't been living the way they ought. Uh, I know they've been making decisions uh, that are displeasing to you. Uh, but, God, uh, would you extend some mercy uh, to the people? Uh, and God said, yes. Why? Uh, because dominion was in the picture. God is going to move no matter what I do. But God will also move because of what I do. That's dominion. When he gives me dominion, he will respond. Just ask Moses. He gave Moses dominion. And every time Moses petitioned the throne, God answered. Just ask Paul. Ask Peter. They didn't have an opportunity to get in a prayer closet every time they encountered a disease. They didn't have an opportunity to seek the will of God and go on a three-day fast every time a decision had to be made. But rather, they had already gone through that season. And now they were walking in dominion. And when they commanded the disease to be gone... The disease left uh, because they were walking in dominion. Mm. Mm. Dominion is inviting what we consider to be seldom or sporadic into the daily. It's consecrating your life in a way that makes room for apostolic operation on a daily basis. We make room every Sunday and every Wednesday, but God is challenging his church. Will you make room for apostolic operation every day? Dominion, it's bending your soul away from carnality and towards spirituality. See, you can't have dominion and be carnal. We covered that last night. You can't choose to watch God perform miracles on certain days, or you can choose to watch God perform miracles on certain days, or you can have dominion to perform miracles any day a miracle is needed. I know I'm challenging your mindset, but, but I would just tell you I'm in this book right now. This book says that ye will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This book says that he performed more miracles and did more things than any amount of books could ever hold. And the book also says greater works than these shall ye do. It's time to break out of small thinking uh, and break into greater vision uh, and believe uh, that the promise uh, is for you. Uh, who do you think it's for? Uh, it's for the church. Uh, it's for you. Uh, 
You can choose to experience God sporadically or you can have dominion and help others experience him daily. That's what dominion is really about. When you walk into the threshold of dominion, dominion feels like it's about me. Huh. But you don't have to walk into dominion very far before you realize dominion isn't about me at all. Dominion is about them. <laughs> Dominion is all about harvest. Just look at the ministry of the apostles. When they got dominion, it wasn't for them. It wasn't to increase their life. It wasn't so that they could walk around blessed and have the nicest stuff and have the highest positions. No, they used their dominion to reach a lost and dying world. When God gives me dominion. I say, God, now show me. How can I use dominion in the field? How can I use dominion in the harvest? How can I use dominion to edify the saints of God? Ah. Mm. Ah. It's in a service with Brother Jeff Arnold, and he said something that I wrote down I've never forgotten. God's promises are God's intended outcome for your life. Whether or not they come to pass are directly tied to our involvement and response to his promises. Just look at Moses. It was God's intention for Moses to make it to the promised land. But he made some decisions that caused him to only get it within view and not be able to enter in. Now hear this. Exosia and dunamis. Authority and demonstration are God's intended promises for your life. And they become established through your direct involvement and response. Mm. They do not happen by automation. They happen through your response and obedience to his word. Before you ever receive your first measure of jurisdiction, there is a mandate of obedience in the word of God. Repent. Repent. Ha. The Lord said, you want jurisdiction? You want authority and demonstration? Step one, repent. That is the first measure of jurisdiction that you step into in your new birth. If you want authority, you've got to bring your flesh under authority. I'm going to help somebody right here. Before your new birth, hear this, because I'm dispelling a lie of the enemy here tonight. That grabs a hold of so many people and pulls them out of the pew. Before your new birth, you had no jurisdiction. 
Mm. That's the truth. The devil tries to hide it when he tells you you're not free because you're living a life of holiness and separation. He says, you don't have any jurisdiction. You don't have any liberty. You don't have any freedom. It's a lie. <laughs> because before Pentecost, you had a one-way ticket to hell. But now you have a choice. That's liberty. <laughs> liberty is jurisdiction that you didn't have before. See, now you got two tickets, and you're going to decide what train you're getting on. You're going to decide where you're going to spend eternity. Before I repented, before I was baptized, and before I was filled, I didn't have a choice on where I was going. But now I got got a choice. I got liberty. I got jurisdiction over my eternity. Ah. Ah. Hmm. The way to know your first measuring stick to see if the Holy Ghost has authority and demonstration the first measuring stick of jurisdiction is very simple. I'm going to quote a portion of Scripture here that you've heard many times. Maybe get you to look at it from a new angle. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Right? Well, how many of you have ever had an annoying neighbor? Now, nobody laughed, but how many of you got mother-in-laws? And nobody look around. You're like, well, I know what the Bible says. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but there's some flesh and blood that be pushing up against you, isn't there? Let me cause you to look at that scripture in a little bit of a different way. If you're still wrestling with your flesh all the time, you got some work to do in your local jurisdiction. Mm. Paul said, I die daily. Why? Because I don't wrestle with dead Flesh, it's dead. Shatando Robokoshaya. Paul was saying, You should have handled this at repentance. At repentance, you were telling your flesh, You are no longer sitting on the throne of my life. 
at repentance. You are mortifying the deeds of the flesh. You are mortifying that carnal mind, that carnal heart, that stony attitude. And you were saying, God, I'm going to put you on the throne, and I'm going to put this flesh in the grave. What was he saying? He was saying, listen, you shouldn't still be wrestling with your flesh five years, ten years, twenty years down the road. That was supposed to be dead a long time ago. He said, I die daily. Every day I get up and I make sure that flesh is still in the grave. Flesh, you're not going to resurrect yourself in my life. That carnal thinking, it's not going to resurrect itself in my life. He's letting his flesh know, I got dominion over you at repentance. I wrestle not with flesh and blood. My flesh is in the grave. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The first step of new birth is to repent. Repenting is when your flesh surrenders its authority, its rights, its appeals, its opinions. It's future, it's aspirations, it surrenders all to the Lord at repentance. You know why we got so many people wrestling with stuff on the pew? Because when they received the Holy Ghost, they came up and they said, God, forgive me. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I confess that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. But there was no internal decision that I'm walking away from this flesh. Hey, I think there needs to be a return to true repentance in the church. There needs to be a revival of repentance on the pew. If you're going to really see uh, the latter and the former reign together. Uh, there's got to be a revival uh, of repentance on the pew uh, that says, God, uh, if you're not in it, uh, I don't want any part of it. Uh, if you didn't create it, uh, I don't want it in my life. Ah. Mm. Huh. Daily repentance is quite simply keeping your flesh off the throne that it surrendered at new birth. The Bible says, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. (laughs) Sometimes it takes the use of force to keep your flesh in submission. Ah, that's one of the reasons I got to fast every single week. It's one of the reasons I've got to pray more than just once a day, but I've got to pray without ceasing. That's the reason I've got to give sacrificially. It's the reason I've got to serve in the kingdom because I've got to keep my flesh in the grave and it's 
spirit on the throne of my life. Every single day, I've got to keep that flesh off the throne, and I've got to decide I'm going to live for God today. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The elder shall serve the young. Ah. Ah, woo! Ah. Mm. You know, there's certain things that we don't say at my house. Our house is a no whining zone. You don't get to say, I'm tired. There's something that needs to click right here. I told my kids the other day, I, one of them dared say that they felt sick. They said, I'm sick. I said, don't you ever say that again. I said, you don't get what you don't declare, but you do get what you do declare. My flesh says I'm sick, but the spirit says I got the Jehovah inside. It says I got Rafa running inside of Some of you ought to start your day speaking in tongues before your feet ever hit the floor. I'll just amen myself up here. Amen. Can I get a little help? <sighs> Amen. Well, Isaiah 56 and verse 7. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar for mine house. This word house figuratively means the human body. For mine house shall be called an house of prayer. That word prayer there means intercession. It's when God prays through you on behalf of his will. It's not supplication. It's intercession. It's when the Lord begins to pray his will in the spirit through you. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. And it's for others. This is a depiction of my house coming into submission. My house comes into alignment with his will for his purpose for all people. Stay with me. Genesis 1:26 says over all the earth. He's talking about dominion. He says you'll have dominion over all the earth. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says that we are 
earthen vessels. I'm giving you right now. I'm giving you number one in the order of dominion. Are you ready? My flesh is not an identity. It's a house. This house of flesh is not my identity, but rather it's a dwelling place. And the first step in the order of dominion is I must have dominion in my house. Hey, somebody needs to get a hold of that revelation right now. You think, mm, let me just clue you in on something right here. There's a reason that 20, 30, 40 years ago, this world started identifying behavior, bad behavior, sinful behavior with identity. If they can make the sin part of their identity, then you can never be free from it. But this flesh is not my identity. It house and the number one thing I gotta do is get dominion in my house ah I want you to just take a moment. I just want you to pray. I want you to pray over yourself and pray over your neighbor. I want you to pray that God gives you revelation and understanding in the next few minutes. Because we're going to move quickly through the rest of this. Pray the Lord anoints your mind and opens your understanding right now. God has given you keys to victory tonight over things that you have wrestled with for generations in your family, things that you have wrestled with for decades in yourself. Mm. Ha. Come on. He's trying to show you all of you belongs to him. All of you belongs to him. When you said, I repent of my sins, what you said was, God, I'm giving you keys to my house. If you weren't here last night, and I'm not going to go deep into this, but if you weren't here last night, I'll just give you the bullet point. Dominion is established through obedience and submission. Okay? If you weren't here, listen to last night's service. It goes a little deeper. But back in all the way up to where we started in the book of Genesis, where it begins to list the things that he gave man dominion over. One of the things that he said, he listed four things, and we're going to go to all four things. The fish. These are the things that are below the surface. They swim below the surface in your life. 
You've got to get dominion over bitterness over offense, over secret sin, over lust, over jealousy, over insecurity, over covetousness, over envy. There are things that swim below the surface in your life that nobody can see when you're all dressed up and you got a smile on your face and you're down here worshiping and jumping and dancing, but you know they're there. They're swimming below the surface. They're on your mind all the the time. They're constantly poking at your spirit, seeing if they can provoke a reaction out of you. You've got to get dominion over the things that are below the surface in your life. There may never be a light that is shined on them, but you know exactly what is there. It's the beginning of dominion in your house. Ah. Got to get dominion over the foul, over the things that fly over. This is your thought life. Mm. You've got to bring every thought into captivity. The enemy is going to call. I heard a great message at this church one time about how the enemy flies over top and he drops seeds of thought into your mind. But you make a decision right then and there. Am I going to let this seed take up root inside of me or am I going to pluck it out and throw it out immediately? Listen, if you're going to have dominion in your house, you've got to have dominion over the foul. You've got to say, God, I bring every thought into captivity. Every time the enemy tries to turn your thinking against the man of God, against the church of God, against the people of God, you say, no, I'm going to take dominion in my thought life. I'm going to, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely if there be any virtue if there be any praise think on these things you've got to have dominion in your thought life you've got to have the mind of Christ let the mind of the master be the mind that's in you Ah. Ah. The cattle, the cow, the fish, the fowl, and the cow. Ah. What do we know about cows? Not much. They're tasty. They're consumers. They're slow. They're stubborn. They're disobedient. They're unenthused. They got no vision for the future. 
That cow is our carnal nature that wants us to get in a wrestling match with the Spirit of God. It's that laziness spirit that rises up inside of you and says, oh, it's just too many nights to be at church. It's just a little too early to get up and pray. It's just a little too hard to push back my plate and fast. It's just a little too much to put in the plate. It's a stubborn laziness of my flesh that doesn't want to comply with the word of God or the man of God in my life. Laziness never dominated anything. Ah. Don't delay to obey what God speaks to you today. Because delaying leads to diluting. And dilution leads to confusion. And confusion leads to chaos. And chaos causes loss and loss causes hurt and hurt causes anger and anger causes bitterness and bitterness leads to backsliding and it all happened because of delay don't delay to obey what God speaks to you today In our house, when we tell the kids to do something, we don't have to say now. But if we do, then it's double trouble. Because now is implied. Hear me. When you delay to obey, the next thing you will do is compromise with your flesh. God says, I want it done here. Your flesh says, I don't want to do it at all. So you let it simmer a while, and you land somewhere right in the middle and say, God, I'm going to do it this way. Mm. That's the cow. Every creeping thing. The spider. Jesus. And the serpent. They creep in without you knowing. Mm -hmm. My wife and I went to look at a house one time. It was a beautiful house. It was an old farmhouse. It was gorgeous. She wanted it. Until we started walking in the basement. She was in front of me. She got about to the third to the last step. And she went, "Uh uh-uh, nope, we ain't living here. (laughs) A creeping thing 
has slithered into that basement looking for a warm place to sleep. It was just looking for some company. Looking for a little, a little fellowship. That's why the Bible says not to fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It's the creeping thing. Oh, it don't matter. Uh, Come on, it's only going to take a little bit of space. Uh, It's just going to slip in unaware. It's just going to creep in. Just like the Bible says, there are spiders uh, in the king's palace. They find their way in through the crooks and the crannies of your house. Mm. But you got to get dominion, bless God, over the spider, Jesus' name. Preaching to myself on that one. Mighty God. Number one in the order of dominion is you've got to get dominion in your house. Joshua 24 and 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. First, you've got to get dominion in your house. And then... You've got to get dominion in your home. Mm. Hear me. You can't get dominion in your home until you get dominion in your house. When you try, hear me heads of household right now. If you are the head of your house, you need to pay attention. You will cause dysfunction in your home if you try to come in with authority and take dominion in your home, but you don't have dominion in your house. You will be the source of dysfunction in your home. If you try to come in with a heavy hand and say, we're not going to do this, 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 or this anymore. We're cleaning this out, cleaning this out. But your kids are looking at you and saying, but dad, you still got an anger problem. You still got, mm, there's still all kinds of verbal stuff going on in the house that ought not. Mm. Mm. And nobody's shouting. When you get dominion in the house, the Lord will lead you and instruct you on how to get dominion in your home. Mm. Uh, Stop serving gods on the other side of the flood. Is this all right? It's 8.02. And I know I've been going for a little while. You guys sang two songs and gave me the mic, so I've had it for a while. But I'm just telling you, I feel in the Holy Ghost to keep going. I just want to know, are you with me? Can we go until 8.30 tonight? Is that all right? We've got to get dominion in our homes. 
There are things that this world worships that we ought not be worshiping. You want to know what you're worshiping? All you got to do, you just follow where your greatest treasures go. Where does your money go? Where does your time go? And where does your energy go? And if you follow those three trails, you're going to find out exactly what you're worshiping in your life. This world worships money. I want amen there. I'll make a commitment to you. I'm not going to say anything that's not in here. You can't serve God and mammon. This world worships politics. If you know more conspiracy theories than you know the word of God, you better bring your thoughts into captivity. If you know more about the platform of your political affiliation than you know about the word of God, you ought to start praying for the mind of Christ. I'm not going to make my decisions based on what's going on in Washington. I'm going to make my decisions based on absolute truth, not from a group of people who have made truth relative. You're getting dominion in your home. This world worship, worships, sports, and entertainment. You know what this praise team was doing when we came in here? They were entertaining the presence of the Lord. We're supposed to be entertaining Him. Hot. What do you think worship is? Why do you think he inhabits the praises of his people? We are entertaining the presence of the Lord. But somewhere along the line, the enemy said, Hey, if I can entertain the human spirit, I'll keep them from entertaining him. Nothing is going to drain your worship faster. Nothing is going to take your shout quicker than you swallowing, digesting hours and hours of secular entertainment. You're looking at me like, hey, Fanny, don't you even go there. Friend, I didn't come to make friends tonight. I came to tell you what thus saith the Lord. God is trying to shake some people tonight and say, hey, I've been talking, but you can't hear me because there's too much noise in your home. Mm. See, we want God to talk when we're ready to ask an answer. Excuse me, when we're ready to ask the question. That's when we want him to speak. But if you'll read through here, he, has, he doesn't operate like that. He speaks when he's ready. And when he's ready to speak, 
I better have an ear to hear. But if I'm weighed down with the gods of Egypt in whose land I dwell, but in whose land is not my home, I will not be able to hear the voice of the master when he speaks. Binge watching has robbed us of more callings than we can count. I know nobody, nobody's happy with me tonight. That's all right. It's all right. I'm going I'm to check the stock market tomorrow, and I'm going to hope Netflix stock goes like this. I'm like, that's the Calvary Church. <laughs> I know, y'all squirming. It's all right. I'm going to tell you why this is so important. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this room right now. Listen, don't be afraid of conviction. This is not about guilt, and this is not about condemnation. This is about godly sorrow working to repentance. This is God saying, hey, I'm ready to take you to the next level. I'm ready to do a great work in your life. Are you ready to make room for it? Are you ready to have dominion in your home? Because I'm ready to move in your family. Some of you have been praying about your family for years, but you got no dominion in your home. Maybe you ought to get dominion uh, in your home uh, and say, God, uh, I've made room uh, for the miracle. Exodus 10, 22 and 23. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another neither rose any from his place for three days. Hear it. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And I've got a question for you tonight. Is there a light on in Goshen? As a darkness settles upon our world and things are shaken like we never thought they could be shaken. While we see good being called evil and evil being called good and up is down and left is right and everything is backwards and darkness this thick darkness uh, that is settling upon our world I got a question for you Uh, when somebody looks in your home uh, are they going to see a light in Goshen uh, or are the lights going to be out uh, in your house hey friend uh, there's a day coming uh, where you may not be able to walk them through these doors uh, and bring them to an altar 
on a Sunday morning. There may come a time where you've got to bring them into your living room, where you've got to sit them at your kitchen table. I got a question. Does your neighborhood know who you are? Do your neighbors know what you believe? Or do you just blend in with everybody else? There ought to be a light on in Goshen. Everybody around you ought to know when they drive by your house. Hey, that's where the apostolics live. That's where the apostolics live. That's where those Pentecostals live. There ought to be a light on in Goshen. You've got to get dominion in your home. I'll tell you what, dominion in the home translates to dominion in this temple. We'll call this the temple where we gather together with the body of Christ. When you start establishing dominion in your house and in your home, honey, you better watch out. Because when you walk in here, you're going to have such an unwavering faith, such an unfeigned faith, because you already know I kicked every idol out of my house. Every god of Egypt has been kicked out the door. Every influence that was attacking my kids, gone. The junk that was coming against my marriage gone the confusion that was attacking my family gone so you're going to walk in that door already a victor already with dominion And I'm going to tell you, it works the other way, too. How many times have you come to the house of God, felt like the Lord touched you? He gave you a word. He gave you a promise. He gave you a deliverance. And you got home, and it felt like you dropped it on the other side of the threshold. You know why? It's because you don't have dominion in the home. But when you got dominion in the home, whatever you get in the temple as a place in the home already prepared for it to abide. Is there a light on in Goshen? Your temple deliverance experience is lost at the threshold of your house if you don't have dominion in your home. The house, the home, number three. Acts chapter five, beginning with verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles, 
were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Mm. Hear it? They started out in unity in the house, in the temple, and they were still in unity when they stepped outside the temple. And of the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed everyone. You must get dominion in this house. You must get dominion in the home. You hear me? Because this is what it's all about. If you will get dominion in your house and you will get dominion in your home, you will have dominion in your field. Ah. It only took Peter's shadow to overshadow them for miracles to take place. Hear this. I'm going to tell you something that happened to me two months ago. It has never happened before. I told you, I shared with you, I think last night, this message came to me almost two months ago. I was driving to Zane, or I was walking to the pulpit in Zanesville, and God gave me this message. I'm going to tell you what happened before I ever got to the pulpit. I was coming from a little country town. I had Sister Aubrey in the car with me. And we were about three miles from the church. Pastor, I was about three miles from that church. And when I came in to that city, I felt the presence of God in the city. In the, I'm not talking about in my car. Okay, I've had the presence of the Lord move on me in my car. I'm talking about I drove into a jurisdiction where the presence of God uh, was residing uh, over a city. Uh, and the closer I got to that church building, uh, the stronger uh, and more intense it became. Uh, and before I got to that pulpit, uh, the Lord showed me a vision uh, of a well of springing water. 
water flowing up from that pulpit and running out the doors of the church. And it was running down every street in that city. And I began to preach about dominion in the house. I began to preach about dominion in the home. And when I got done, Brother Pounds took that microphone and he said, Vinny, what you don't know is for the past three months, every single service, God has sent another preacher to preach about dominion in our house, dominion in our home. And he said, we have begun to experience dominion in our city like we have never seen before. Do you know what I was encountering? There was an overshadowing presence of the Lord over Zanesville. Why? Because the people of God decided they were going to get dominion and jurisdiction in every area that God had promised to them. Hey, Calvary, if you're really serious about winning your city, it's not going to happen through an evangelistic campaign. It's not going to happen through a program or a process. It's going to happen when you get dominion in your house, in your home. God will give you dominion in your city. I prophesied to you this city is going to experience the overshadowing power of the Holy Ghost. I didn't hear one amen. I'm going to say it again. All I need is two or three. The rest of you can look and wait to believe it with your own eyes. But if I could get two or three of you to join me, God's going to do it. There's going to be an overshadowing presence of the Holy Ghost in this city. In this city. God is going to give you dominion in your city. You better get ready, Calvary, because when you get serious about dominion, things start to change real fast. Hey, when God started dealing with me about dominion, I started at step one, Pastor. I said, God, show me what's in my house that I need to get rid of. Hey, you better better sit down with a pen and paper when you ask that question because you've accumulated more than you can imagine over the course of time. And God said, hey, Vinny, you got this issue that you swept under the rug. You got this issue that keeps flying overhead. You got this issue that you've been lazy about. You got this thing that creeped into your house and you know it's there, but you haven't cleaned it out. That's what you got to do to get dominion in your house. And I said, God, what about the home? What do I got to do in my home? He said, I'll tell you what you got to do in your home. 
He said, I put you in charge of making sure that your kids know the word. I put you in charge of making sure that that they got a relationship with me, that they love the church, that they love people. He said, you have got to start being intentional and and consistent about indoctrinating your children. Hey, everyone's like, well, indoctrinate, yeah, indoctrinate. What do you think they're doing? They're trying to, if you don't indoctrinate them, somebody else will. Ah. Ah. See, uh, yeah. See, Brother Anthony, the cow had, had really got the best of me huh? because I brought my kids huh? these little devotional books, Pastor, and I thought, hey, I'm really doing a great job. Huh? Every morning, I'm like, get up, pray, do your devotion. Oh, I'm such a, I'm such a great dad. And they go in, Alexa, set my timer for seven minutes. And they go pray for seven minutes. God said, why don't you go in there and teach them how to pray? Why don't you go in there and pray with them every single morning? He said, why don't you invest yourself into their prayer time? He said, hey, what are they learning out of those devotional books? He said, why don't you teach them what I lead you to teach them on a daily basis? So I started writing weekly devotions for the kids. And every morning, we sit down at the breakfast table and we begin to talk about the word of and God begin to give them revelation and open up their eyes one night I was putting Aubrey to bed Aubrey's an artist and she loves watching art videos on YouTube I know you guys don't know what YouTube is but, but you know what One night I was putting Aubrey to bed. And she said, Dad, an ad popped up on YouTube. And I'm scared because of something that crept in. Because of... She said, God, she said, Dad, is this what you mean when you talk about the enemy stealing your peace? I said, that's exactly what I mean, baby. We're going to pray right now, and God's going to begin to restore your peace. And a couple days later, she said, Dad, I need you to put something on here so that never happens again. She said, I don't want the enemy to steal my peace. What was happening? She was taking dominion in her own house at 10 years old. You can stand with me. That word overshadow figuratively means the influence of power that is beyond the natural. It is the influence of the miraculous. I want everybody in this house to just turn and stretch your hands 
towards an exterior wall. And we're getting ready to pray over this city right now. I want you right now to begin to ask the Lord for an overshadowing presence in your city. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thursday night at camp, Brother Doug Klein had said there would be an angelic ambush in our cities. I want you to pray right now that God will release hosts of angels into this city, an angelic ambushment, an overshadowing power of the Holy Ghost in your city. The influence of the miraculous, the influence of the miraculous, the influence of the miraculous in your city. I want you to begin to command the release of the miraculous in your city. Come on, but release the draw of the Holy Ghost in your city to begin to draw people. Release harvesting angels into your city. Come on, the atmosphere of your city does not belong to the enemy, but it belongs to the church. We're taking dominion in the atmosphere of this city in the name of Jesus. There will be a draw. There will be a draw. There will be a pool of the Holy Ghost.
Come on. There are some things breaking in this room right now. We're not wasting time. God's dealing with some people right now about things in their house, things in their home. Come on, you need to make a commitment before God right now that the things that he is bringing to your mind, that you're going to take care of them tonight. You're not going to wait till tomorrow. You're going to take care of it tonight. You're going to throw it out tonight. You're going to shut it off tonight. You're going to unsubscribe from it tonight. You're going to give it tonight. You're going to make that call tonight. You're going to send that text tonight. You're going to say that apology tonight. You're going to reconcile that relationship tonight. That's it, Calvary. This is how it starts. God's taking you from operation to dominion right now. It's happening right now. As God is dealing with things in your house and in your home, he's taking you from operation to dominion. It's the intercession of the Holy Ghost. It's what the Lord is wanting us to step into right now. It's how dominion in your house begins. When you bring your house into alignment with his will and with his purpose, you begin to pray his will in your life, even if his will is not the comfortable thing that you wish that it was. It's that surrender. It's the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to move on in this altar call here in just a second, but I just want to charge you before we move on. Whatever the Lord is speaking to you right now, don't delay to obey Him. God's already spoken to so many of you in this room tonight about things that need to be rectified, things that need to be changed, things that need to be reprioritized in your life in order for you to have dominion. Don't delay to obey. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. 
For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.